Welcome to the Awkward Sidehook Podcast, where millennials are more than just avocado toast and memes. I'm your host, Steven, and alongside me, as always, is Lex. Together, we'll share relatable stories, have awkward conversations, and cultivate a community where we celebrate the best at what it means to be a millennial. So join us as we laugh, grow, and embrace the awkward. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with a special guest today, a longtime friend, confidant. Uh, What can I say? He's a... Raiders fan. Boo. He is teaching the future leaders of America. Yes, he is a teacher, which is a hard job in today's uh, society. So kudos to him. But I think the most important thing about him, he's a lover and not a fighter spreading joy throughout the universe. Welcome, Mr. O. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Uh, It's been a long time coming. Uh, Back when I had my podcast, I always wanted to you know, be featured on your podcast and vice versa. Uh, so that hasn't worked out, but a lot of time in the making. I'm excited to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you, man. And it almost still didn't work out. This is uh, for, for those uh, just to let everyone know on how the uh, the tea is made today. This is our, our uh, attempt number two, take two. The first time we we're all ready to go. We we're all hyped. And then my, my Internet just uh, completely gave out. So uh, we're knock on wood. Uh, hopefully uh, take two will be a. A success lex's here. internet for you uh listening out there the the perfect meme to represent lex's internet is the toby Maguire spider-man meme where he's holding the two trains together with the web <laughs> because so many people are on the internet at lex's house it, it's you know it's literally just trying to hold itself together so we're glad that lex can make it today um side note while lex was lost in the uh ocean gate submarine you know during take one <laughs> Uh, Mike and I were talking about how we're going to just have to reschedule. And um, I told him, yeah, you know, this is good practice, you know, for when we have a bigger guest. So um, I didn't mean to disrespect you, Mike, because you are a pretty big guest, <laughs> both, uh, you know, metaphorically and physically. Uh, what are you, Mike, like 6'3"? No, I'm 6'2". Six 6'2 two. Six two on a good day, which means I'm like 6'1 and some change. But <laughs> we'll, we'll go 6'2", right, because size matters. Yeah, six six two and a half, right? So nice, nice. but range uh, <laughs> count size matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, just real quick, um, just so our listeners kind of, <laughs> just so our listeners have a you know kind of a background of how we know or how we uh, got to know Mike or how we were introduced was actually a, a buddy, a buddy of mine, um, you know, randomly hit me up one night and was like, hey man, like. Um, you know, my friend, you know, that goes to school with me, he's having this kickback, like a pool, you know, kickback, like, do you want to go? And so like, at the time, I was like, sure, why not? Like, I was, you know, pretty much down for anything those days. Um, So, you know, come, come to be, it was, you know, Mike's kickback at his house. And, um, you know, we, we shot the shoot, right? As, uh, as the kids say, and um, we, you know, we got to know each other, and then we became really good friends. So, um, that's kind of my quick story of how I met Mike. Um, you know, we have so many memories um, over the years. I mean, how many years has it been, Mike? Like almost 10 years? So I want to say that night happened in 2010. Yeah, because I remember yeah, I remember exactly when, because I think a few months after was that friend's birthday. And then um, that's when I met like the rest of the circle, right? So it had to have been 2010. So I think we were still 19. So it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's been, it's been 
quite a bit, man. It, it, the realization that I'm getting old just hit me right now. So, um, but Lex, how, how did you meet, uh, you know, Mike or, you know, AKA Mr. O is what we call him now that he's, uh, you know, teaching. Yep. AKA the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, I think I met him a, a few years later, actually a few years after Steven. So for me, it had to have been maybe early twenties, mid twenties, um, <laughs> mid 1920s. And, uh, and I think it was at like a pickup basketball game, and I know Stephen, you would always like uh, uh, assemble these uh, pickup days every now and then, right? Just grab a bunch of friends and uh, and have uh, have some uh, pickup basketball games. And so I think I was invited to one of those, uh, and the very first one I was invited to. That's that's where I officially met Mike. But like Stephen said earlier, we've all kind of known each other for so long that I think shortly after that game of ba- basketball. I went to like my first Vegas trip with you guys. And so like we, we all just kind of like saw each other like all the time after that. So um, but I think it started with uh, pickup basketball. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think you're right. But uh, yeah, so Mike, um, I mean, you have the platform here. Is there is there anything you want to say out to the world of millennials or, um, you know, anything you'd like to, to get off your chest? Yeah, sure. Um, just want to say don't be – don't be hesitant about like pursuing things that you like. Um, I'm 32 year old, 32 years old. And, you know, I still collect shiny cardboard. It's like my little escape. Uh, just, you know, don't be afraid to be yourself. Like you like something, it doesn't hurt anyone. doesn't hurt anything else. Like enjoy it. No guilty pleasures in life. That's some great advice. <laughs> um, kind of uh, transitioning into actually why you're here today. As you know, he just mentioned, um, you know, he's got, a pretty neat hobby but uh you know we want to take the time to talk about millennial hobbies um i think uh over over the past couple years um there's been some big things that have either come back into the light um you know in society or just new things that are kind of becoming popular hobbies for people um i think one of those things we're doing now podcasting right like i feel like that's a big millennial thing um a lot of millennials, especially during the pandemic. I mean, there was a high um, increase in podcasts started. Um, I think we started ours right before the, um, I can't remember if it was right before, but. Yeah. Cause we found out about zoom just before then. I think, I think it was Brian who was, who like took his online courses or whatever for grad school on zoom. And so we just found out about zoom, just started the podcast and then the pandemic happened. So then everyone was on zoom. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of hit Zoom right before it got big. We should have bought some stock in Zoom, but I had started mine during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, right. Like during the pandemic. Yeah, I got really bored. I was like, you know what? People need to hear my opinion. Spoiler <laughs> alert: they didn't. No, you're good. You're good. I did anyways. <laughs> no, I think that's. I think that's great. I think um, podcasting is a platform to talk about things we're really interested in or topics that you know, we enjoy discussing with our close friends and, um, kind of get our voice out there. Like, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast that we're doing is to, um, you know, create a community of people who have similar experience to ours and who are going through, you know, things that, uh, we're experiencing. So, um, obviously podcasting is a big hobby. Um, video games is another hobby. Um, you know, I still play video games. Um, I actually play video games with Lex uh, we do some online stuff. Um, you know, I think we talked about it in an earlier episode. 
we uh we do some call of duty it gets kind of wild but you know i enjoy it i have a good time and sometimes you know i do talk a little crap you know i I get back into that um original call of duty lobby mode and um (laughs) you know i say some things that afterwards i'm like damn maybe i should have said that (laughs) (laughs) but um you know we, we also got uh photography i know a lot of um I personally know a lot of people who do photography as a hobby and then also as, you know, like a business, um, starting a business has become a hobby, you know, for, for some of us, uh, millennials, you know, uh, not wanting to do the traditional nine to five entrepreneurship, um, fitness and outdoors. Um, that's a big one, you know, hiking, camping, which if you're watching the visual on this, I got my Yosemite hat on, <laughs> I got my Yosemite shirt on because, I just booked a couple rooms to Yosemite for um, next summer, so I'm pretty excited. That's how hard it is to get a room at Yosemite. Is <laughs> you got to book it a year in advance because they sell out so fast, and it's such a hard like process to get a room. So um, I was lucky. Well, actually, I wasn't lucky. My wife did all the work, to be honest. <laughs> her and her sister, you know, woke up at 5 a.m. in the morning, booked these rooms, so we're all set to go. But you know, uh, I'm a I'm an outdoors person, so um, camping is one of my hobbies. But the real hobby here, and the reason we have uh, Mr. O here today, is is to walk us through his hobbies and you know trading cards, memorabilia, um, things with sentimental value. Maybe not too much uh, uh, money value, but um, he's here to kind of walk us through that. So if you would love to take the stage here, Mike, and and just kind of give us a background of how you got started and um, what are the types of like, you know, memorabilia or trading cards that you kind of uh, are into. Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and back the story up back into when we were growing up in the nineties. So I've always had an affinity for trading cards. And I remember, I specifically remember, like in 96, 97, this is when I was like in first, second grade, my family started taking me to Dodger games. Um, and I noticed one day in the team store where they had all this like memorabilia. I thought it was pretty cool. They had like those pennants. They had those foam fingers. And then one thing that caught my eye was there was this little plastic case that had like pictures, right? It had pictures of Dodger players. And I asked my uncle, I was like, well, what are those? He's like, oh, those are cards, baseball cards. You want some? I was like, Okay, cool. And so saw it, right? It had like maybe 20 cards of like the current roster at the time. This is back in 97. Shout out Eric Karos, uh, one of my favorite daughters of all time. But anyways, uh, what I was really fascinated was how like at the time it as a kid, I was conceptualizing like someone, you know, captured that moment and put on a card. And not only did they put statistics, but they put like the player's biography. And I thought it was so cool as a little seven year old. And so uh, I would ask my mom whenever we go to Target here uh, here and there, hey, can I have some football cards or baseball or whatever? So I expanded to that. But once we got to 1999, uh, we all know what happened in 1999 with um, cards, right? So this new game came out, right, Pokemon. And uh, I remember seeing the cards out, you know, in school. And everyone was trading during recess. And eventually it got to the point where it got banned, right? <laughs> um and then so little by little, I had my mom buy me packs. I opened up base set, which is crazy. Like those packs are like hundreds of dollars, but like first editions, like thousands, which is pretty nuts. Um, I remember opening some at Christmas time, like the jungle and fossil sets. And then after that, 
complete blur. Like I completely forgot about them. My collection's probably in the trash somewhere, or maybe my mom gave them away, but no clue. So uh, pretty crazy. But fast forward to 2020, this is when everyone's at home, right? So Pokemon, as I'll get into later with how it's blown up in value, uh, during the pandemic, um, people had more time to spend at home. They got stimulus money, and uh, yeah, people started to get back into it. And then I remember... I was coming out of work in December of 2020, and our friend that we mentioned earlier, he had hit me up. He was like, hey, uh, check out this guy on Twitch. He opens packs for people. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then so I happened to buy one, and then I pulled like a holographic, and I was like hooked immediately. That rush of dopamine, game over. Little by little, I started buying more. And <laughs> here I am three years later collecting cards still. So. Yeah, yeah, I uh I I grew up uh huge on the like the Pokemon cards like when when they first came out as well. Um that's why I didn't I didn't realize that some schools were banning them cuz I don't know if it ever got to the point where like the cards got banned at, at my elementary school, but um but yeah, that that, that makes sense though cuz it was like a hella distraction, but uh yeah, I got huge into the cards like way back in the day and yeah, yeah, exactly. This and then um and yeah, but for me, like the cards really, uh, I don't know what came first, but I was always a huge video game uh, nerd with like the uh, Pokemon games. So I think those, the games probably came out like a little before the cards. And then I <laughs> I dabbled in the cards. And then ever since then, I was just like, every single time they come out with like a new Pokemon video game, I always get it. I even got like a, a Nintendo Switch like uh, several years ago solely for the sole purpose that the next Pokemon game at the time only came out on the Nintendo switch. So I was like, crap, I guess I'm just going to have to buy like a, a new 300 or $200 console, whatever it was. But, um, but yeah. Um, yeah. To this day, I still have like, I have like a handful of uh, cards in my room here, but the problem is uh, my, my brother, <laughs> the same brother who traumatized me with fireworks. He did, he got hooked like during the pandemic too, with the uh, Pokemon cards and like, he decided that, oh, you know what? I'm going to remember that all these old Pokemon cards I found in the garage were mine. When in reality, they were they were mine the whole time. But like, so he like low key has all like the good, good Pokemon cards that I used to have, like the holographics. Like I had like a holographic Machamp, a Mewtwo. Um, Wait, are these are these your cards that he took? I think. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't and prove it. That's the thing. I, I was so little. I was such a little kid that who knows? But. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they're mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yay! This brother is yeah. just ruining your life, huh? Yeah, bad guy. You might you might have to take him out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I get it. The, the the hype is real. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I'm the odd man out here, um, in this conversation because I'm really not a big fan of like trading cards. Um, it might be because I'm cheap. And I don't um, want to spend the money on them. Um, there was a point, though, back in 2015, 16, um, I did uh, do Yu-Gi-Oh cards. So I would I would buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and I used to go to um, Frank and Sons, uh, the collectible store, and um, buy, you know, decks and, and individual cards. And, <laughs> and um so individual cards and try to do you know uh make decks and stuff and i actually i i got into two tournaments 
because they used to do tournaments and uh, I got my ass kicked. I I was not good, dude. These these guys were well prepared. You get some tents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, you know, reverse trap and all that good stuff on me. So Also wanted to say too uh wanted to say too <laughs> the format of the game has changed dramatically. So like how we watched the anime, how those rules I think that's called the goaded uh, format. It's completely changed. It's like so complicated. And me being an elder millennial, I'm like, no, I'm not relearning that, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty complicated because you couldn't play certain things on your first turn and you can only put so many cards down and your life points were like more than what the show's life points were. So um, it was cool, though. It was a cool little chapter in my life that, um, you know, I look back at and, um, you know, reminisce on. Um, actually, what's funny is during that time, um, I used to have a part time job and I'd have to work on the weekends. And uh, me and this other guy worked on uh, Sunday, on Sunday mornings. And it was very slow. We, you know, hardly got any customers. And he was into Yu-Gi-Oh! So we would just be in the back just dueling each other with, you know, these trading cards. And so... You know, that's a, a quick little <laughs> nugget there of my of my life. Yeah, Just having illegal duels in the back or what? Basically, we were getting paid to duel, so I guess I could say I was a pro dueler at one point in my life. Um, you know, because yeah, I got paid. But do you actually play Pokemon? Like, do you actually? battle or you just strictly do it for the trading card aspect the trading the the value the opening the packs yeah so i only collect but i do know how to play the game and pokemon's it's actually not it's not too complicated um but i do know how to play i've played online before just to just to get a sense i will say though when you learn how to play the game you appreciate more of the common and uncommon cards and then it also helps you too. Like if you're really looking to flip cards, it helps to know which cards are super competitive because like those random uncommon cards could end up being worth a couple bucks, whereas a typical uncommon card would be like less than fifty cents. So it's pretty it's pretty good to know. But no, I'm not good enough to play in any tournaments. That's for sure. Cool. No, that's that's interesting. Um, I guess if I if I can ask you a personal question regarding the trading cards. Um, how much would you say in American dollars you've put into this Pokemon or trading card hobby? And how much have you seen as an ROI, your return in investment? Um, so, yeah, I'm not afraid to share that at all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I would say in the, in the three years I've collected, I probably spent grand a year um if not a little bit more um my first year definitely didn't make an roi because my first year back in the hobby i had no idea what i was doing after consulting with people you know doing some research the last two years i've probably made close close to my money back at least and so going forward i i'll make a lot smarter decisions and actually use my knowledge of the market and what cards are coming out uh, to my advantage, so I could actually use this as a side hustle, because I got some important things to uh, get ready for, as um, I'm planning to propose this Saturday. So I got a wedding gonna happen in the next year, year and a half. So um, got to use this as a little income generator, little side hustle. 
Hey, 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 you know what? By the time this recording comes out, um, we will know if uh, she said yes or she said no. <laughs> but I think I think it'll be yes. Um, definitely, definitely. But if I had to if I had to pick the over under, I, I'm going to say, you know, the over. So what do you think, Lex? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, over under. Uh, yes, I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to pick yes for sure. So. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not very lucky, so he's gonna come back and say, "Nah, she, she said no." <laughs> <laughs> Going into this weekend, I'm confident. I'm confident that Vegas is confident in me. Hey, Vegas, Vegas is almost never wrong. So, <laughs> no, but that's cool. That's cool. Oh um, yeah, that you're you know you're starting to see that ROI. Um, I know that you have a Instagram where you open packs and you post things. Um, can you share a little bit about that? Like what's, you know, what do you, what do you do on that Instagram? Like uh, your live shows that you do um, just so people can, you know, if they have an interest in cards, they can, you know, take a peek at your, your profile. Yeah, for sure. And then you can also, I'll, well, we'll get the link up in the description, but yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram under fighting type collectibles um my original name was hitmon's corner underscore ko but i felt like that didn't roll off the tongue so recently i changed it to fighting type collectibles uh anyways yeah for the page i pretty much post pictures of my collection uh i'll do lives where i'll open product just you know just to kind of hang out with people build a community it's a lot of fun i've made a lot of friends from like all over the country and even some, some from like Europe and in Japan, which is pretty cool. Nice. It's really cool how a hobby can pretty much, you know, uh, bring people together. It's like our little escape. It's really fun. I try to bring the positive vibes all the time. Um, usually it's it goes pretty well. Um, once in a while, I have some like big hits that I pull, which is pretty fun. You get to hear me go crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's just a page to show off and, um, you know, just have fun. It's my like little escape. Nice. Yeah, that's like this podcast, right? You know, it's it's my little escape. Not that I want to escape my life, but um, it's it's nice to, you know, to come on here and, and share, you know, a common hobby with a friend. So, well, that's that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So you know, for for the video portion of this podcast. Um, cause I know you brought some, um, you brought some props with you. Um, can you show us what, like money wise, what's your most expensive, if you have it, if not, just let us know your most expensive piece, right? It sounds like he has a gun. Hey, what's your most expensive piece? Um, <laughs> you know, your most expensive, uh, I don't know what you would call it card or, uh, yeah. or, well, I want to see both. I want to see both. So I want, right now I want to <laughs> see your most expensive the most you paid for um item <laughs> pulls pulls out his ar-15 or All right. <laughs> as far as uh cards go so actually before i show you the ones i have um it got to a point with these other two cards that i had i actually just sold them i sold um i took advantage of the surge in um hype with a specific card that I had. Um, so I'm going to tell you how much I bought it and then how much I sold it for. Okay. So ready? So there's this character called Lily. Um, she came out in the sun and moon era. She was a 
pretty popular character from Gen 7. And uh, all of her cards in the last month have like just spiked in value. And it's pretty crazy. Uh, I bought this card. I can show you. I can probably send you guys a picture of the card. I don't have it with me, obviously. But I bought it initially for 120 bucks raw, not graded. I sent it in for grading for about 15 bucks, And I had it for a while. It spiked up to the point where it was almost 5K. And so I thought about keeping it maybe a little bit longer, but that had to leave my hands. Like, I had to take advantage of that. I, like, I, I don't know how to do math right now, but however many X's uh, um, multiplied uh, for that card. So the market values it more than I do. Sorry, I'll see you next time. But I had to let that go. But anyways, guys, uh, let me show you the goods. And so I have here, these are two cards. So it's kind of hard to see with the glare kind of, but I don't know if you can see, you can tell it's Lugia. So this is, um, this set is called um, Soul Silver. So uh, 2010, Pokemon came out with Heart Gold Soul Silver. It was a remake of Gen 2 of Gold and Silver. And so they had a card set where they had the chase cards as legend cards. And so basically two cards would make up one. Uh, there was Lugia, there was Ho-Ho, and then they had like almost like a tag team of like the legendary beasts like Raikou, Entei, Suicune. Uh, I graded a handful of these. And so for the Lugia, I got a PSA 10 on the top piece and a PSA 9 on the bottom piece. And so I think last sold for the set, was about a thousand dollars, if not a little bit more. Um, so I have that. Same thing with this ho ho. You can see that. I think that one has the tens on both, and I think that one goes for about a thousand dollars as well. Uh, real quick, speaking of like Raikou and Suicune, if you guys remember those legendary beasts, uh, this pair goes for like five hundred bucks, and then one of the last cards i want to show you from like my most valuable so this is another card uh that shot up in value recently now you can see it more clearly it's it's uh pikachu it's on the back of this lady this artwork is actually from like japanese culture so ancient japanese culture so i believe in the 1600s there was this artwork called beauty looking back and so obviously it didn't have pikachu back then but um they basically did a commemoration of uh, that artwork and they had a stamp box collection promo. And uh, I thought the artwork was so sick, right? And it had a lot of history to it. It was, fun fact, that artwork that's on this card was the first stamp that Japan used after World War II. And uh, I bought the card raw for about 170 bucks, graded it for about 15. Right now, last solds have been around 1,900 bucks. Or a thousand and nine hundred bucks, not nineteen hundred. But uh, so I've been seeing some pretty good ROIs. Um, haven't I have some of them listed? Some of them I'm keeping for a little while because I think they'll improve. But uh, I just love these cards, and I'll sell them when I need to. But um, yeah, I'm, for now I'm just gonna enjoy them. Nice. Um, can you explain? Because you you say a raw card. Um, can you explain what that means? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great question. So raw card is basically any card you would pull from a pack, right? So it's you open a pack. 
it's just cards, right? Or if you might see in someone's binder or basically any card that's not in a any card that's not in one of these. So this is probably the most popular grading company, PSA. There's also Beckett. There's also CGC. But basically, a raw card is a card that's not in a slab. And I can I can explain uh, grading too if you want, and the whole concept of it if you guys want. Yeah, shoot us with a quick tutorial on grading. You are the teacher, right? Yeah. So grading. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so grading is actually kind of weird. So some people love it, some people hate it. Uh, there's pros and cons to it. Uh, I would say a con of grading is that it's not always consistent. Every grader is human, right? So they might see it differently. I think every company has a certain standard, but you know, people are going to miss some things or people are going to like over correct or you know what I mean? So grading can be inconsistent. And it's also, if you don't really care about it, you just want the card, you're paying extra money to put it, to encapsulate it. So that would be a drawback for someone that doesn't really care about that stuff. But as far as positives of grading, definitely it's a lot easier to sell. So when you're selling on eBay or if you sell it in person, like you can have buyers that are like kind of like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure about that. Can you send me more pictures? Um, there's It's supposed to kind of undo any ambiguity of the card. So basically a third party is telling this person that wants to buy the card, hey, we inspected it. We think it's a 10. There's no marks, there's no off-centering, yada, 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 whatever it is. So for me, from selling cards online, it's made my life a lot easier selling graded cards as opposed to raw cards because you you do have some people that are like asking for like hundreds of pictures and it's like, dude, no. Yeah, at this point, you're not going to buy it. So um, there are some benefits, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, what, let's say if uh, someone out there is sort of like thinking about getting into – collecting whether it be pokemon cards or just like collectibles in general or if they just started collecting right what what would, what advice would you recommend to them like having experience like like the experience that you have over the last few years right like especially since the pandemic like going hardcore mm -hmm. i think uh for someone starting off i would recommend checking out like apps like poke collector or it just depends right it depends on like if you like Pokemon, if you like Yu-Gi-Oh, if you like Magic the Gathering or whatever it is, um, I would always do some Google searches, right? So do some background research. Don't go into something like blindly, okay? Because you can potentially get yourself into some trouble, right? Not like legal trouble, but financial trouble. Like you don't want to overpay for things. Um, so, for example, for me, when I entered the when I re-entered the hobby in 2020, this is during the pandemic. So there was a huge, huge supply shortage, right? So there was, if you go to Target, there was no cards on the shelves. Whenever you did, there was people fighting over it. That's how crazy it was. And so um, I, I really wasn't aware of like retail prices. So that's, that's one thing you should know. Like you shouldn't be aware of the retail prices and then you can gauge from there what kind of deal you'll get. So um, for an elite trainer box, it used to be 40 bucks, right? So during that time when there was a shortage, there was like certain sets that had elite trainer boxes, like 80, 90 bucks. And then back then I had no idea. Right. So I had no idea of this. So I thought 80 bucks was a, was a cool deal. Like, hey, it comes with eight packs, 10 bucks a pack. I'm down. <laughs> Fast forward to now, like I cringe at the fact that I've done that. Right. So just do some research. 
I would recommend knowing the retail prices of things. And that way you can kind of gauge if you're getting a good deal or not. Uh, if you're looking to go for cards, like looking to buy single cards, especially if you're doing Pokemon, go on apps like Collector. It's basically like kind of like a, a checklist of all the sets ever made. And uh, it helps you keep track of your collection. Um, you also want to be able to navigate eBay and TCG Player. So eBay especially and TCG Player. So you want to check last solds. So you want to make sure that you're within the ballpark of you know what people have been paying. Uh, I know markets shift, so sometimes uh, things are unavailable at that price. The cheapest one's like $20 uh, more expensive. And then people start to buy that the market is going to change, but it's always good to know um, where or what people have been paying for. So don't be like me the first year and just buying whatever I thought was a good deal when in reality it really wasn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. No. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I, again, I've, I've always just been more of like a huge Pokemon gamer in the world of Pokemon and outside of like the Pokemon cards back then, like I hadn't done uh, much collecting uh, until recently. Uh, I've always been like a huge Dodger fan since like 2002. So like way back in the day. But kind of last year, I started going to like a game or two at the end of the season where they did those free promotions, right? So like, you know, like sometimes they'll have free promotions. Oh, you could get a free like Mookie Betts, like, you know, jersey. And it's kind of like, you know, it's like a little bit more like cheap quality, but so that they can hand out, hand them out for free at the door. But it's still like cool, right? It's collectors and then, and then there's bobbleheads and that. And so for this year, I started going to like a bunch and I, now I'm starting to collect like the bobbleheads. And so for me, like my most prized possession so far is like the Clayton Kershaw bobblehead from, uh, from this year. And, um, and just because it's just like, you never know, like he's kind of on those one year contracts year after year. So you never know when he's going to uh, decide to retire. Um, and so, Bobbleheads is kind of like my first time in a long time doing like some sort of like collectible thing. So, um, yeah, it's good to hear kind of like your your, your journey and sort of like your uh, experience with uh, with collectibles um, sort of so far, right? So it's been yeah, it's 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 a uh, cool to hear. I wanted to mention since you mentioned Kershaw, uh, I remember I went to his debut and I had mm. his you know back then they used to have out those ticket stubs. Dude, how no great of a collectible that would have been if I would have found it. Yeah, yeah. And like nowadays, you nowadays you can actually you can actually send it to get graded and get it encapsulated. So like uh that would have been sick. But you know, lack of foresight. Oh well. Missed opportunity. No, I hear you. I hear you. And you know what's so funny? And what's funny about that is that I it reminds me of like how okay so you know how the the Pokemon cards they each have their own values right like some are more valuable than others and and uh, and so since I was a huge Pokemon video game fan in elementary school uh, especially even still you know still throughout the time where I was collecting Pokemon cards I remember on the video games like my, my part of my starting six every time I would like get a new video game or restart a, a video game file like on the original games, right? Blue version, red version. I would always eventually have Alakazam, right? And so, because Alakazam was like my big, strong, like psychic type Pokemon in the original games. Like I, I always noticed that psychic were one of like the uh, types that always, you know, like 
fared pretty strong against like most types. And so I was like, yeah, Alakazam, right? Blah, blah, blah. And so I remember uh, like one one week in school shortly after I had uh, I brought my collection of Pokemon cards as, you know, all the kids did back then. And I had like a Rapidash, right? So in my mind, like Rapidash video game, eh, not too, you know, not not too good or whatever. Um, I usually don't pick Rapidash, right, in the video games, but I had the card. And so Rapid, Rapidash being like the second evolution, right, of Ponita, I, I saw another kid <laughs> at, at elementary and he had an Abra card, right? And I was like, oh, Abra. I was like, oh my gosh, that's who evolves into Alakazam. That's who I always make sure to catch every time I play. So then I was like, we were trying, we were talking in trades or whatever, and like we couldn't really get into like a an even trade or whatever. But when when I saw the Abra card, I was like, oh, I'll trade you my because he wanted my Rapidash. Oh, I'll trade you my Rapidash for Abra. And then like <laughs> like the look on his face, he was so stunned. He was like, wait, because he tried like trading like way more valuable cards for my Rapidash. But I was like, he was like, uh, yeah, sure. And we ended up making the trade, and I was all happy with my Abra. But then sure enough, I was like, oh, I I, I gave like the Pokemon cards the wrong scale like i was grading it as if it was like a video game still so that was kind of like my like moment that i look back on here yeah. so i was going to say lex wow. uh, <laughs> with uh psychic types uh in gen one the you know red yellow and blue psychic type was so broken that in gen two they had to introduce dark types and so that's how dark types started it was to counter like psychic types so that's how you got Umbreon, Tyranitar, and all those dark type. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that's wild. And that makes sense, too, because, again, like, right? So that, that was kind of my feeling as, like, a, a seven, eight-year-old, right? Uh, man, this Alakazam is really strong. But, yeah, with, with the dark types and then... And now, that like, after every generation, especially in the video games, like, there's always, like, a, a new type that always, like, wins out on, on most... I think nowadays it's always like fighting types now. It like obliterates a lot of styles and dragon types. Are you are you a real Pokemon fan though is the question. Or are you a poser? <laughs> so I, I want to I want to give you a quick Pokemon test, okay? It's a quick Pokemon quiz. I, I just pulled it up from the internet real quick. So I'm gonna ask you a couple questions and we'll see, you know, see if you're a real Pokemon um enthusiast or if you're just a poser um okay are you ready lex yes okay who is the three starter pokemon of kanto um charmander bulbasaur and squirtle all right that's correct who is the elite champion of the Sinnoh league or Sinnoh, the elite it says. champion of the Sinnoh league i want to say that's like the fourth or fifth generation it's some dude with white hair no oh crap it's like professor starts with an m no let's let's phone a friend here mike let me phone a friend yeah <laughs> uh for gen four cynthia she's the hardest uh elite four champion to play against in the games like she nice. he's correct it is cynthia oh that's he's right correct. Um, Misty, May, and Blank is Ash's sidekicks. Misty, May, it can't be Brock. Who is it? I've never heard of May. I don't know. Who is it, Mike? May is Gen 3. I want to say, is it Tracy? Let's type it in. No, it's Dawn. (laughs) 
D-A-W-N. Dawn. Like the dawn. The night is darkest before the dawn. (laughs) What is the last gym badge of the Kanto region? The last gym badge of the Kanto region is... I want to say the earthquake badge. I don't know if that's correct, though. Earthquake? Earth badge. Earth badge. There you go. His uh, (laughs) Nido King and Rhydon have earthquake, if I'm not mistaken. It's like the best ground type move. Yes. Yes, the mobster. Okay, here, here's an easy one. This is an easy one right here. Who is Team Rocket's boss? Team Rocket's boss? Giovanni, the Earth Badge. That's That was his name, Giovanni, right? Giovanni, you're right. Badge number eight. Who has a ghost-type gym in Sinnoh? Oh, in Sinnoh. I might have to phone a friend on this one. I think it's Fantina. He's correct. It's Fantina. Yes. Just want to remind everyone, I'm 32 years old and I know these things. This is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, save. <laughs> okay, here we go. What kind of attack does Whirlypede have? Whirlypede. Like, uh, like. Is it poison, psychic, fire, or electric? I would say poison. Poison. It is nice. poison. All right. All right. Last question. <laughs> Types of common Pokemon are normal, fire, water, or all of the above? All of the above. All of I the above. Say. Yeah. Nice. I kind of gave it away by giving the answer. <laughs> so, all right, Lex. I would say that you're you're not a poser, but you're not a real <laughs> I missed a couple. I missed a couple. So, yeah. So bravo! To and you know, you know what's the funny thing is <laughs> the fourth generation is my least knowledgeable one because I only I hadn't beaten the fourth generation yet, but I beat the remake of it, and I think they recently yeah. came out with a remake. Yeah, yeah. I don't know because I don't watch Pokemon. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, you like can't confirm. <laughs> Real quick, I don't know. I'm a grown <laughs> I didn't see it, but I believe you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so before we sign off. Um, we told Mr. O that at the end today, we we're going to play a quick little game of this or that. And we didn't give him the questions prior to this segment. So uh, these questions are going to be, you know, this is the first time he's hearing them. So uh, Mr. O, you know, we'll give you a this or that question. And then if you can just answer it and give us maybe, you know, a quick background or just a, a quick like, this is why I picked this that way. Um, the people at home can kind of gauge uh, what you're thinking. Um, so are you ready? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Your first question, this or that, Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh? Pokemon. Uh, I love both, but I'm more familiar with Pokemon. Chargers or 49ers? <laughs> Why would you do this to me? I would say it stings to say, but I'll say Chargers over 49ers. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I think maybe because the Niners have been pretty successful, so I kind of envy them a little bit. I'll be honest. Was it that uh, rivalry up there in the Bay? Yeah, that's for sure. I, I remember real quick, so I know when we went to go watch the Raiders Chiefs at the Coliseum, uh, the game ended, right? The Raiders win. We're walking back to the car, and there was at least three or four, you know, cholo looking dudes. And they just kept saying, F the 49ers, F the Niners. And the <laughs> Niners, we didn't even, they didn't even play the Niners. I don't even think they played the Niners that year. They were just saying, F the Niners, F the Niners. And so 
that was my taste of uh you know being at a raider game uh the next question here math or english as a subject math absolute math i'd rather teach math i'd rather take math as opposed to english like english is cool but i feel like as a teacher it's a lot harder to grade stuff and it's a lot harder to come up with like actual good assignments like it takes a lot of brain power so i i commend all english teachers He's he's only saying that because Lex is an English major and Lex teaches English. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was I was just about to say it takes so long to grade essays. Like it's it's so bad. I think everybody at home wants to know: Do you really read all essays from start <laughs> to finish? You know, I was asked this. Uh, one of my students asked this actually at Cal Poly Pomona when I t- when I taught one of the two. Uh, like a uh, what is it like the they call it like a, a training program type of thing where, where you get to take on your own students it's like oh you have like a mentor supervisor professor but all it was was we just met with them like one one hour per week and it was just like oh like you know if you guys have any questions type of thing and it was literally just us like running the whole class right so it, it, i think it was like my second group of students that i had uh in that one year uh one of them asked me they're like be honest like do you do you actually read everything and i was like I, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of gave them like a a half-ass like PC answer, but it, that's kind of like the reality though. Because like one, I I scan to make sure they have all of like the the minimum requirements on the prompt. So this could easily be read with or seen by just reading the thesis statement, right? Reading their topic sentences, making sure all of the quotes that they use inside of their body paragraphs follow MLA format. Looking at their uh, work cited page, looking at the the name in the corner, their their name. So a lot of that, like a lot of the structure points could be seen at a glance and i will skim it so i at least skim it yeah there there you go there you have it there you have it they don't really read the essay from start to finish (laughs) (laughs) false all right mike next Uh, question uh you can use class. there you go basically right Uh, we won't know. <laughs> I know uh, right, next dude. question: Skyhook or layup? Skyhook, because it looks more fancy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo? I would say Derek Carr. Nice. I'm not a fan of Jimmy G at all. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> for all for all of Carr's flaws, I would say he's better than, than Jimmy G. Nice, nice. Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers or Raiders? Believe it or not, Raiders. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's three. This next one, there's three, okay? Okay. Los Angeles Raiders, Oakland Raiders, or Las Vegas Raiders? As an LA guy, I still got to go with Oakland. I think because that was the original. And I feel like they've had the most of all the successful teams. The Raiders have fielded. Um, so even as an LA guy, like I said, I got to go with the original Oakland. Nice. Nice. Good answer. All right. This one's going to throw you off. Love or lust? Uh, definitely love now, but maybe not when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good answer. I, I think, you know, you don't have to elaborate on that. Okay. Last, last, <laughs> last question. Steak <laughs> or chicken? Steak or chicken. Okay, so this is from my pre-vegan days. I preferred 
chicken over steak. I never was a steak guy, believe it or not. Interesting. Yeah. And when 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 was the last time you had a piece of like meat, like animal meat so, or fish? Yeah. So yeah. So knowingly, like willingly, it's been prior to August 2018. Like I'm sure I've had stuff like accidentally thrown in, like at a restaurant, or whatever. But like me willingly willingly trying to eat me it's definitely before august 2018 so it's almost been five years wow all right and you're not shriveled up yet okay there you go <laughs> i'm uh surviving out of space. <laughs> just for all those vegan haters out there i'm one of them by the way um i'll say it loud and proud um but you know to each their own and and i think it's great that you know no. you live a lifestyle that um, you know, that you enjoy. So I think at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Um, I'll never go and say, Hey, you know, you're living a wrong lifestyle, you know, whether that be you being a vegan or anything, you know, like, you know, to each their own, as long as you're happy. I, I had a quick question about the, the, the vegan stuff actually. Cause I, I remember I, I've, I've, uh, known, a, a bunch of different vegan people over the last years. And I remember, um, I was talking to one and they had mentioned like that, the, the, the kind of like that, that, um, fact that anytime there is something that maybe is, is accidentally thrown in or whether you're at like, at a, like a, like a restaurant or something like that, um, that you're able to tell right away. Like, is that true? Like, like now that you're, you're kind of like in the vegan lifestyle, um, are you able to like tell like, uh Oh, this, this smells like something or this tastes like something. <laughs> It's funny because um, as we advance to like the Impossible Burgers and Beyond Burgers, they start to like kind of err on that like line of like, oh shit, like is this actual like beef and all that? But no, as soon as you bite into it, I I believe yeah. you can kind of tell. So um, I don't think I've been gotcha. duped, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta say this: there is no way on earth that an impossible burger tastes anything like a real hamburger. And I've had an impossible burger. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. Whoever wants to debate me, uh, we, we don't, we don't need to get into it today, but those burgers taste nothing like the real oh, deal. No. So just throwing hey, oh, Here's another there. question for, for Mike, actually, like if, so, you know, like I, I, uh, to, to revitalize the podcast in general, like I, I, uh, Steve, Steven was willing to sort of like go to Buffalo Wild Wings for me, right? So like Steven like just despises this restaurant. Like if, if there was, if there was like a, like an impossible burger that you've tasted or any like vegan food that you've tasted is like the best vegan food you've ever had in your life that you had to be like, all right, I got to put my money on this one to, to give to Steven to be like, oh, like that Steven would give like a, like two thumbs up on like taste wise. Well, what would you say is like the, the best vegan tasting food? Before you answer that, don't say Monty's. <laughs> You've already had Monty's? Um, uh, for the record, Monty's is amazing. So just want to get that out there. Um, there's a restaurant. It's, it's really hard to pick. There's so many good ones. Uh, one of my favorite restaurants would have to be it's called uh sage organic bistro it's in pasadena it's kind of like a higher end restaurant really good stuff um 
obviously if you're gonna eat vegan food don't expect to like have it taste like as you are normally accustomed to you just gotta kind of appreciate it for what it is and there's a lot of flavorful food out there and so um that's what i would say nice nice <laughs> and I had to hold back a couple, a couple of that words during, during that um, description there of vegan food. Well, but like I said, I have nothing against uh, vegans. Um, you know, you live your life. Sounds like you kind of do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was I'm saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Steve's a bad guy. I'm just, I'm just saying don't, don't be uh, – you know what it is? This is what it is about oh, no. vegans. <laughs> i'm gonna get on a rant real quick okay this is what it is i'm so sorry mike it, it's 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 the it's the throwing it out there on the social media i'm vegan i'm healthy um you should live the way i live uh this isn't all vegans but you know uh, you don't ever say you don't i don't i don't ever see somebody throw a nice fat juicy steak up and say hey you know, I'm, I'm uh, living I would my say best life, you know, that's pretty prevalent. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. But um, well, Steven, neither here yeah. or there. We're not here to I debate. I have a proposition but, for, uh, for Steven because uh, <laughs> I, I had agreed to uh, uh, for the podcast, right, to uh, be filmed enjoying a firework. Right. <laughs> so that, that that's that, yes. that that'll happen. Uh, but I have a proposition for Steven. So, Steven, for the podcast. Uh, in the future, right? Whether it's near future or whenever, would you be down? So me, Steven, and Mike to go out to a, a restaurant of Mike's choosing uh, to try out some vegan food. So whether it be that that specific restaurant that he named or any other restaurant that Mike feels is like, okay, this is some pretty darn good food. Even if like, right, like as he said, right, don't expect it today. Like it doesn't have to be like, a, oh, the one that closest tastes like to meat or whatever. Like any just good vegan restaurant. Way. Would you be down? Yeah, okay. of course I'd be down. There it is. You know, you know why? Because <laughs> eating vegan food is not like you listening to a firework where it triggers traumatic <laughs> events in your life. I could just go eat a salad. You know, that's like, true. That's I can go buy a a, a a head of iceberg lettuce <laughs> and eat that, and I'm technically vegan, right? You can be a PBJ. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, oh, PBJ. Like, yeah, if you have the right, you know, peanut butter and and the right jelly, right, with none of the additives. So. Let's run the topic um, real quick. Know, but, I have a question for you guys. Throw it out there. All right. So they've recently given the thumbs up to go with um, cultured meat. So basically, they would basically kind of grow it in the in a lab. It's actual meat. Obviously, the process is different. Um, so it would allow for agriculture to animal agriculture to slow down because it's does have a negative impact, right? Um, and it also would cause a lot less harm to livestock, right? And so that's a big reason why I do it. So my question for you guys is that if if it becomes more mainstream, would you guys embrace it or would you rather have the traditional way of um, getting your steaks or burgers or, or whatnot? I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I'm a total no <laughs> on that fake meat. That's still not real meat. But it's like, not. Okay. It's real. It's meat. From the same cells. Ah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know about that until you can tell the long-term effects. It's not just going to be the cells. They have to add other stuff to it. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, I want <laughs> to know that my, my you know, steak and my burger is, you know, came from an actual cow and wasn't made in a lab. So 
um at the end of the day like no i wouldn't i wouldn't jump on that train if i had to pay extra money to have like not yeah i guess authentic meat um or like you know organic or proven to be from an animal like i would pay the extra money <laughs> I, I i'm like a i would be like a, a mixed answer so i would say like i would probably wait a few months just to see how everyone else handles it then i would try it but i would try it though <laughs> you just you got to make your own decision man you can't follow the crowd <laughs> well no i mean your, yours you know was a no like, mine's a yes i'm not I'm not surprised because Lex <laughs> enjoys Buffalo Wild Wings, so that just says everything that you need to know oh. about him. Wild. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, with that, um, it was a pleasure to have you on today, Mike. Um, I mean, you know, we need to Likewise. get together and do a vegan episode because, Absolutely. you know, I think this 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 vegan chat has got me all well. <laughs> so in the future, you know, we'll bring you back for that episode and um, we'll definitely take a trip out to a vegan restaurant. We got to record it too. Um, record I'd, some clips. Yeah, I'd I'd really I'd really enjoy that. <laughs> to be honest, um, I'm very open to new foods well, maybe, and, and types of foods. Maybe we can do it Joe Rogan style, where I bring it to you guys and we all sit down right right in front of each other and do the podcast. Ah, <laughs> ah there it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, let, I'm I'm down for it. I think that'd be great. Definitely, definitely. But uh, real quick, before we sign off, can you tell the people where they can find you on the socials? Yeah, so just look me up uh, on Instagram, uh, Fighting Type Collectibles. I'm working on making a TikTok. I'm working on making a Twitter for it. But uh, for now, I'm just on Instagram. And um, go ahead and follow me. It'll be on the, in the description. If you, if you like all things that are beautiful in this world, you'll follow that man right there. Um, Lex, can you hit the people with our TikTok before we sign off? Yeah, so you can follow us at the awkward side hug on TikTok, um, and uh, yeah, uh, listen to us wherever you find your your podcast. But you're probably already here if you're listening to this part. But uh, no, yeah, give us a follow on TikTok. <laughs> All right, there you have it. Um, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Um, I'm Stephen, as always, Lex. And then a very special thank you, and uh, we appreciate you being here to uh, Mr. Mike Orizaga. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Mm-hmm.